What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just a reminder, the Eclipse in the Red Zone Radio on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. Let's get right into today's episode. All right, so we had a crazy college football weekend. The rankings came out last night, and they look like this. So it was number one, Georgia, number two, Michigan, number three, Washington, number four, Florida State, number five, Oregon, number six, Ohio State, number seven, Texas, and number eight, Alabama. Uh, I only said the top eight because I think those are the only eight that still have somewhat of a path. Obviously, the first four, it looks like they control their own destiny. We are going to get into some potential scenarios here. The other thing I want to discuss is the Bills losing a heartbreaker. And we're also going to be talking about recapping some of the big games that happened in college football. Michigan beating Ohio State for a third year in a row. What that potentially means for Ryan Day moving forward. And we're also going to be talking about Alabama beating Auburn in the last second of the Iron Bowl. So let's get right into it. Okay, we'll start off with the Ohio State-Michigan. The game, it, it had a ton of ratings. I saw the rating for it. 19 million viewers at average. The most watched regular season game, according to Fox, since 2011. And Michigan ended up coming out on top. I would have moved Michigan personally up to number one. But I, I don't have an issue with them staying at number two. But what this does do is it opens the door for some chaos to happen based off the rankings. I heard him say yesterday some people thought that the rankings were inaccurate, and I don't necessarily agree with the rankings. But I want to say this. One, before we even get into these scenarios and what's going to happen and, and who could be in the playoff, I found something interesting. So everybody, for the most part, there are eight teams alive, right? Now, some have better chances than others, but I would argue, and as with most people, there are eight teams currently still alive to win, right? To to get into the playoff, I should say. There are eight teams alive. If the stars align, any one of these eight teams has a chance, th- depending on what happens this week. And some control their own destiny, some don't, but I'm just saying they have a chance. They're still alive. Here's what's interesting. I'm going to name the teams again. Tell me if you can, if you can see what they all have in common. Oh, but one, I should say. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, Alabama. Seven of the eight teams that are alive for the playoff are all next, at this time next year, they will be Big Ten or SEC. And at this time next year, they will both, they will all be in the playoff, all eight teams. There'll be four spots to go that would be occupied by a Penn State and an Ole Miss who is another Big Ten SEC team. So the future of this sport, I mean, you can see which way it's going. Not that this is any surprise, but this just kind of shows you what to expect. Now, back to this year. First of all, I want to say this. I cannot believe the fact that, and, and, I'm, and I, I'm trying to stay on one topic here, but they all, every game that I'm going to mention is going to have a ripple effect to other games. So just bear with me for a moment here. So Michigan won. They're they're in. They're going to beat Iowa. They're in. Jerome Moore did an excellent job. The three games that Jim Harbaugh has been out. This Michigan team is deep. They are they are very talented. They are going to be hard to beat for anybody. They beat Ohio State a third year in a row. They were physical. They were tough. 
They had their identity, Blake Corum, Seal. It, it felt like when he got that run right after the big-time injury to their star center, Zach Zenter, it felt like that game w- was... It, it, it didn't necessarily mean that, that it was a wrap, but it just felt like Michigan was not going to lose after that. Right now, Ohio State scored a touchdown. They had the ball late. They were marching out of the field, uh, but... That run was really a, a big play in that game. Blake Corm <laughs> comes through like he always does for the Michigan Wolverines. So Michigan's in. And they're not going to lose this Saturday. And they had another great year. And Jim Harbaugh's going to be back. And I'll be interested to see who they match up with. But I think they're going to the national championship. At least they're going to the national championship. We'll see who they get matched up with. But Michigan had a great, another great year beat Ohio State for a third year in a row. All right, let's go to Alabama because they escaped the Iron Bowl with a with a heck of a play by Jalen Murrow, a heck of a throw, a heck of a catch. But I, I see people saying, you know, if Alabama beats Georgia, they have to be in. Okay, 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 okay. I don't understand how that is. I, I, all you SEC fans, I, I understand the SEC has been dominant. I understand the SEC has been the conference for a long time. I'm not disputing that. But to just say they they have to be in over who you can't if Texas wins this weekend, if Alabama goes ahead of Texas. Everybody has disagreements over the committee. That is the most egregious, ridiculous thing I have ever seen or will ever see the committee do because next year they can't mess it up that badly because there'll be 12 teams. At least you'll be arguing over the 12th and 13th seed who probably won't be able to win the national championship anyway. But the fact that, that that's even a discussion, if you want to put them both in, leave Georgia out, that is more reasonable. If you want to say, we got to put Texas in, we're going to leave the SEC out, that is more reasonable. But under no circumstance does Texas win this weekend. If Texas wins this weekend, there is no circumstance. I, I don't care who wins. I don't care who loses. If they win, there is no world in which... Alabama gets in and Texas does not get in. Unless Alabama wins this weekend and Texas loses. But if they both win, you you could say none of them go. That That's more reasonable. But under no circumstance should Alabama be in the playoff and, and Texas should not. Texas went to their home stadium and beat them by double digits. It was not, quite frankly, it was not that close of a game. But the fact that people are talking about it like, we need to have this conversation. No, we don't. When you talk about resume, eye test, point differential, whatever you want to bring up, that's all great. But you want to know what I have and that everybody else has that's even better, like comparing two teams by metrics and X, Y, or Z data points? We have the fact that we have the tape where they played each other this very year in Alabama's home stadium and Texas beat them by double digits. That is what we have. And that trumps any data point the committee or SEC biased people want to bring up. 
I know SEC fans, the SEC is a gauntlet. It's so hard. Even though Alabama rolled through their home SEC schedule and they struggled, not struggled, lost to one home team that was not from the SEC. Explain that one. The SEC is great. It's been the conference of stand. It has been the standard of conferences. I'm not arguing any of that. I'm saying that cannot trump the fact that when they got on the same field, Texas pushed Alabama around. They pushed them around. It could be surprising. It could be like that doesn't happen to us, but it happened. It happened. And that has to trump the data points. I don't. I, I cannot even believe the fact. I was watching the show, and and I I got nothing against people the analyst on that show, but they're like surprised. They're like Alabama at eight. I I don't know if they can make the jump to the playoff. Well, probably not. Nor should they. I'm not an. I am not against Alabama. Okay. They have been, just like I said about the SC, Alabama, outside of the last two years, has been the standard. They have been the dynasty. They have the greatest coach of all time. I am not arguing that. But that does not matter in this specific scenario. We are comparing Texas of this year to Alabama of this year. And they played each other. And Texas beat them. By double digits in their home stadium. I cannot believe. I I got all the respect in the world for Alabama. Believe me. I got all the respect in the world for Alabama. And if it was the other way around, Bama fans, SEC fans, what would you be saying? Don't don't even don't even play that card. Like you would like you would not be upset if you went into Texas, you beat them by double digits. And now at the end of the year they're like but what if Texas has a great win at the end of the year? Can they pass Alabama? They're two different teams now. You would be outraged, and you know you would be. And that's why I don't even I don't even like entertaining the thought of this because it cannot be a debate. It can't be because we saw what actually happened. The great thing about head-to-head matchups is we don't need data. We don't need any of that because we saw what happened, and Texas beat them so Texas should get in okay moving on so if the top four teams win this weekend they will be in the playoff I I don't necessarily think Florida State's one of the four best teams but it's what the committee has them at and if they win they will be in there 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 is a path in my opinion for all eight teams to get in and I will break down eight through five of what they need to do to get in because I, I, I truly believe with those top four teams, if they win this weekend, they are in. They're in the playoff, and that will be the playoff, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, and, and I'll discuss what happens for these, what needs to happen for these other teams to get in. So Alabama, first what they need to do is beat Georgia. Like I said, I just said about the head-to-head matchup between them and Texas. I think they need a Texas loss, and I think they need a Florida State loss because they need a spot to open up. Now, if Florida State were to win but Texas were to lose, 
Alabama might jump them. But I, I'm just saying for the best case scenario for Alabama is what I just said, a Texas loss and a Florida State loss. Let's go up to number seven. What is Texas's best case scenario? So you first of all, you have to win in order to keep Alabama away. I think it helps if Texas, even though I think it's ridiculous and I'm not going to get into that again, I think it helps if Georgia beats Alabama just so you don't have to worry about the 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 ridiculousness of what could be Alabama jumping you. I also think you need a Florida State loss because you need a spot to open up. Let's go to number six now, Ohio State, which is interesting. They dropped them to six. They still said, hey, look, we think you're better than Texas, and we think you're better than Alabama. Now, if those two teams win, we might have a different story, but for now they're at six. So I think Ohio State needs the most to happen simply because they don't have another game to put on to try and impress the committee. They need the most to happen in order to get in. So first, I think you need Georgia to beat Alabama, and I think and I think you need Texas to lose. Now, Texas was ranked behind them, so let's say Texas plays a really close game against Oklahoma State, really struggles. I, I don't think they'd be out of it, but the best thing to happen for Ohio State is Texas to lose, Georgia to beat Alabama, that gets rid of the two people that are on your tail, the two teams that are on your tail, and then you need a little bit to happen in front of you. Now, Washington and Oregon play each other, so that will work itself out. That will work itself out. Now, ideally, you would want Washington to win, so that that way Oregon would have two losses, you jump them. That way, if Oregon beats Washington, then it's not a debate between you and Washington, both one-loss teams, but... I will say, I, I still think you could potentially get the nod over a one-loss Washington team. So, ideally, you'd want Washington to win, but I don't think it's the end of the world if it is Oregon. Now, here's where it does get bad for Ohio State is if Florida State wins. Now, Louisville's a good team. They just lost. I think Ohio State fans, you really need... The, the two keys are Florida State and Texas. And, of course, you need the Alabama game to go your way. But, at least... In the Alabama game, you would have the favorite to to win, so it's more likely. The big upset would obviously be Texas, but I I, I think Ohio the Ohio State does have a small path, but it, it's not great. All right, let's move on to Oregon. I think they win and they are in, and they I think Oregon controls its own destiny, and this is going to be a very interesting championship weekend. Will some teams crack under the pressure? We'll see. And I will preview this whole championship weekend coming up later in the week. All right. So Michigan got a big win. Congratulations to Michigan. Georgia, I think, is they didn't get a big win, but they could be on their way to another national championship appearance. And I, I cannot wait for this weekend. I think there's going to be chaos that happens. And one of the games I think is really interesting, Mike Gundy. Now, his team's been up and down this year, but they did beat Oklahoma. They have He has got a unique opportunity. Because remember, he put the nail on the coffin of Oklahoma season. And he's been kind of outspoken about teams leaving for the SEC. He has got a unique opportunity. He won the final bedlam to send Oklahoma and Texas to, to put the nail in the coffins of both of their final seasons and win the Big 12. I am I, I cannot wait for that game. I think Mike Gundy's going to pull out all the stops for that game. Alright, let's shift to some NFL. So the Eagles... They have a. They have had a brutal three-game schedule. 
first they had to play Kansas City in Arrowhead. Then they had to play the Bills last week, Josh Allen, and this week they're going to have to play the 49ers. And and they're one game away from, from sweeping all those teams. I think the 49ers may win this weekend, but we'll talk about it getting closer. Jalen Hurts now has moved into a, a space where he is excellent situationally. He like before he, he's very talented, but he, he is starting to get into that stratosphere of like two minutes left, he is almost impossible to stop. And you saw and Josh Allen's well, well, I want to discuss the Bills too, but the Eagles are gonna be hard to beat this year. And I can't wait for this 49ers matchup because I think that's gonna be the NFC championship game. Two physical teams. It is going to be great. 49ers currently favored by three and a half. I was a little surprised by that, given the fact that it's in Philadelphia, but we will see what happens with the game. We'll preview it as we get closer. Let's move on to talk to talking about Buffalo. Buffalo sits at six and six today. I, I personally don't see them sneaking in the playoffs because the AFC is just so deep and so so stacked and loaded. But I think Buffalo has a problem. In the sense that I, I don't necessarily think it's a coaching issue. Obviously, they got rid of their offensive corner. I, I don't necessarily think it's a coaching issue. I don't think it's a Josh Allen issue per se. I think the problem Buffalo is, and and let me just try to give an example of this. So Georgia is on a game is on a a streak of twenty nine game win streak, right? And Michigan has won thirty Big Ten games in a row. I believe it was. What do those teams have in common? They dominate the line of scrimmage. And you say, well, what, is that? what does that mean? So it's, it's very important to have a great quarterback. We all know that. We all understand that. But the thing about having an elite line of scrimmage or an elite defense is that, or, or both, is that if your quarterback has a day in which he can't be Superman, in which it, it's just not happening, your team can unravel. Rather fast. Because if it's too reliant on your quarterback, you're going to struggle. What what happened to USC and Caleb Williams this year? They were so Caleb Williams reliant that if he had a day where he wasn't Superman, where he didn't put up 300 yards, it was a loss or an almost loss to a terrible team. Because they weren't dominant at the line of scrimmage. Line of scrimmages, the dominant offensive lines or dominant defenses, don't really have... Days where they can go up and down. They're typically, if they're dominant, they are dominant every day. And so, due to the fact that Buffalo is not physical or overly dominant like a San Francisco or like a Philadelphia, they need Josh Allen to be a hero. And I just said, I just complimented how good I think Jalen Hurst has been, and he is moving into a category that is special, and he's great. But he is a dominant offensive line. So what does that mean? It means that if he doesn't throw for 300 yards passing, his team's got a good shot. It means that he doesn't have to be Superman. Josh Allen, he's got to be Superman all the time because he they don't have a run game. They aren't down with the line of scrimmage. And so if he has a bad day, the team has a bad day. That's not necessarily the case with Philadelphia or, or San Francisco. If they have bad days, it doesn't necessarily mean their teams have bad days. And so as important and, and as as pivotal as it is to have a great quarterback in the NFL or in college football, the offensive line, the line of scrimmage is 
is so important if if you want to be a successful team, in particular down the stretch where you, you face great teams and great defenses. You need to have a line of scrimmage. All right, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and I will see you next time on Red Zone Radio.